1: Welcome to the Raw Review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture. Soon to be joined by Michael Hamflet, and joined now by Michael Sidwick to review last night's episode of WrestleMania Raw. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review Raw but also SmackDown, and NXT, Two But Oh, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, Pay Per Views, Premium Live Events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round-up of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle Culture. As I said, though, soon to be joined by Hamlet. joined now by Michael Sidgwick to review WrestleMania Raw. And was, was this the stupendous preview that you hoped for? Uh, no, it was a, a dire show.
2: <laughs> Pretty much as expected. a it was dire sh- hospital pass, I apologize. Yeah, of course it. I know it was. It was a dire show with, like, one good segment that's nothing you'll ever miss or have not seen before. One absolutely abysmal segment that makes just one of the long-running storylines heading into WrestleMania a complete waste of time in retrospect. Some very poor stuff mm-hmm. all
1: around. <laughs> Starting as they mean to go on oh, WrestleMania Christ, uh, So Brock, well, he had loads of bloody video recaps, of course. And then Brock Lesnar came out to open the show, Uh and he welcomed everyone to Man and Our Owl. Uh, and then he said, uh, oh, I kind of sucked at that. Uh, well, you we can't all do it, Brock. Don't worry, mate. Uh, anyway, he talks about Roman Reigns and says uh, they're gonna, you know, he talks about their history and then says they're gonna go down memory lane this weekend. They're gonna go down to Suplex City. They're gonna go vi- visit the Beast of Broadway and then they're gonna go to the Carnival. Uh, and uh, he's gonna take a ride on the F Five Roman Reigns is, and no one survives a ride on the F Five. Um, there's what chance. There was a lot of what chance throughout this. Uh, yeah. Uh, which was just, I wish they'd stop. I but that, yeah. I think both uh, Brock and Roman handled them really well. Uh, Brock basically said, oh, yeah, Steve Austin. I mean, never beat me, but, you know, thanks for playing sort of thing. <laughs> um, and then he says that after they've done all that, after their trip to the carnival, they're going to go to a wedding. Their titles are going to get married. And then they're going to have a baby, the unified title, but Brock Lesnar is going to get sole custody, and he says to Roman, see you on Sunday.
2: This is not good. This is not a good segment of television. its uh, I say this quite a lot. It's one thing to do something bad, acknowledge it as being bad, and then do it anyway. Why not instead, mm-hmm. like, good idea alert, <laughs> just do something good, <laughs> rather than do a knowing version of something bad and try to style it as being... Oh well everyone knows this is bollocks but I kind of have to do it because I'm in this company. Like just don't do it. Mm. Don't make me suffer through it. Like Jolly Brock with a forklift smashing stuff up is good. Him as Master of Ceremonies for Monday night raw is like it was a cursed segment almost. Oh yeah. I understand that he was like trying to play the crowd and trying to say things to the effect of the subtext throughout this entire segment was this is rubbish. I'm not very good at it. I must be getting paid way more than I've ever been and think of how much that must be (laughs) because I'm doing it anyway. And he just didn't feel like he was selling a goddamn title fight. It Mm. felt like he was either having... He was ashamed to be having the fun he was scripted to have, openly mocking that which everybody else has to do on Raw, even though he's above this and maybe he's not anymore. He did everything but sell a massive title fight that should be massively violent with the threat, or at least the promise, because I love it, of blood, just looked like he was just having a laugh out there. It's like, well, you're not. Your day's removed from what is being billed. And not just as the biggest match of your career, but the biggest match in the history of WrestleMania. Mm. That's obviously a little complete bollocks. They can't fill the stadium. It should be very, very good, even great, but it's not the biggest. But he still has to sell it like it's the biggest. And he was just having a bit of a nervous laugh.
1: Didn't sell the match anymore for yeah. me, like. No, it's weird. It was like we were sort of debating this on the preview yesterday of like, well, you've got Brock and Roman on this show, but they can't really do anything else other than they've already done. And so they just decided, just have them both talk about it. There you go. we fulfilled the contractual obligement of... But why didn't Brock want to get
2: at Roman? If he's been so intent that he wants to get his hands on Roman before WrestleMania, Mm -hmm. that he's attempting to kill him in a car, why couldn't he do anything tonight? It was just, we knew what it was. Before it started, it was a way to inflate a rating to get the maximum audience to watch the show.
1: But on this evidence, Will why would I watch the show? Why would I watch the show? <laughs> uh, and then The Miz comes out, and uh, they run down the, 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 the vast card they've got for tonight. I did like the fact that they at least advertised a lot of stuff for this show. Yeah, um, but they didn't deliver half of it, mate. No, granted, but, you know. So what's the point? Baby steps. <laughs> It's not been going long this show. Uh, anyway, Miz wants to introduce. It was a con. You were conned. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Miz wants to introduce us to the greatest luchador of all time. That is Lucha Logan, and out comes Logan Paul wearing Ray. Double letters. Series.
2: In the words of Andy Murray, <laughs> uh,
1: wearing the mask that they stole from Rey Mysterio. Looked quite good, didn't it? I thought, to be honest. Um, and uh, Miz talked about not getting enough respect, so they planned on taking it over the weekend. Uh, and they also going to take Rey Mysterio's mask tonight. So they both had a mask to wear at WrestleMania. Out comes Rey and Dominic, of course. Uh, and Dominic. I thought I had a bit of fire in him here. Dived in the ring, tackled me, started beating him up. Uh, Logan Paul bails out of there, and the referees separate them and kicks Dominic out of ringside. And um, did you notice a bit with with Cole talking about Dominic has to earn that mask, and a mask that his dad earned at 17? Like, how old are you? What a line. What a line. What were they thinking?
2: They could not. It's already massively self-evident, the gulf in quality across every department of pro wrestling, like Rey Mysterio is a pretty horrendous promo, let's be honest, but he's better than, than Dominic, which is saying something. He's miles ahead of the product of his semen. <laughs> Why
1: make that explicit? Uh, how old is Dominic? Google Twenty, this 25. 25. Oh, back, back to turn 25. So, what, 8 years? Yeah, 7-8 years.
2: Dominic could wrestle for as long as Terry Funk... Jerry Lawler and <laughs> Ric Flair and Atsushi Anita combined mm-hmm. and never be a tenth of the talent his Dad is. <laughs> we know this. Don't invite the comparison. Mm. What else can you do? What's his character arc? Either he becomes as good as his dad and lives up to his legacy, or he's just a useless kid. They kind of that don't be. They like, have to like put the pressure on. Like, mm. is he a diamond,
1: or is he just a Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, well we got the match next. I love how you didn't answer that. You're a very
2: diplomatic man, Adam not Uh
1: Ray Mysterio versus the Miz with uh, Lucha Logan at ringside but no Dominic obviously as I mentioned he got kicked out. Uh early on, I mean most of this match took up took place in the ad break. Let's be perfectly yeah. honest. I was going to say early on a DDT on the floor drops Ray. Uh, but then we take a break and when we come back, uh, Miz is still in control ripping at Ray's masks. Uh but uh Ray fights out of it and uh, managed to hit a top rope-seated senton. He looks like he's tweaked his knee, so Miz goes for the slingshot powerbomb off the ropes. But uh, Ray counters it into a sunset flip. One, two, three. This was short. Mm -hmm. As you said, a lot
2: of it took place in the commercial break. And The Miz, who's been at this for well over a decade and a half. Easy. Like, well over a decade and a half, nearly two. And he's in there with Ray Mysterio, who's legitimately, not that you would know, if you just started watching WWE a year ago, then again, why would you do that? Legitimately
1: one of the ba- best in-ring workers of all time. Mm. And
2: The Miz was still rubbish in this match. Who is it, Really
1: clunky. Ray get chucked in with someone a while back and they started banging it. They, was it AJ Styles, maybe? AJ on Raw, and it was just a, a brief glimpse of what
2: greatness he's still capable of. Greatness. Greatly, greatly greatness. Uh,
1: and yet, there were still elements of this match where I'm watching Miz... And I'm still thinking, you're crap. I was thinking, these are the two that are going to have to carry this match. Like, Logan's going to have some great spots and what have you, and and Dominic can ape his father, basically. But these are your your two. And I was like... That's a good job Ray is on the opposite team to Logan. Yes. Because Ray can actually work in the Miz after all this time really can't it was just there wasn't it this Uh, anyway post-match Dominic runs back out shoves Logan Paul into the middle rope they try to double 619 but he gets out of there Uh, but as he's climbing out Ray reaches down and pulls the mask off to reveal it's Logan Paul uh, underneath the mask so I don't know if you were aware of that Lucha Logan is is actually Logan Paul famous YouTuber boxer anyway um, and they get get the Miz with the double 619 and a frog splash onto him to end this segment thoughts on Lucha Logan I have literally none. Like, it's it's just so WWE. How do I not have a thought
2: about Logan Paul on wrestling? I've said it a million times. I'm going to re- reiterate it one more. Give him a microphone. Let him be detestable with his horrible words and his genuinely really good presence and delivery yeah. of them. They are useless. They are Useless. This promotion.
1: Well, it could do anything with it because he's had a hell of a like a redemption story in real life, following obviously the awful Suicide Forest video. But he's he's, he's turned it around, does he? Yeah, absolutely. In the last year or so, he's he's. But his brother's the dickhead. Jake Paul is the worst one of all. But um, yeah, they've just gone, ah, oh, he's Mrs. Mate, and he. <laughs> That's it, basically. Like they don't really give him that much chance to talk. Like you say, they didn't really. If you're gonna make him heal, which I don't know why you would, if you're trying to get Logan Paul's fans to watch, but I get you can't really make him a baby face because a lot of the time celebrities coming in aren't viewed that way. But he's just he's just there, he's just there, dressed with a uh, a mask on his face. Speaking
2: of just there, nice of you to join us, your part timer. <laughs> I've really been
3: enjoying this analysis. I just everything you've said so far, I agree with to such an extent. I've not felt the need to add any notes. How, Have you how, been? It, how is everything? It's all right. It's okay. I want to thank. The staff at Gateshead Post Office, and broadly criticise the post office staff at large, who have tried to take money off me today, but Jackson Street, is it? Uh, Gateshead High Street? (laughs) He's shooting. Good for them. I like them. Doing their best. But they were doing that thing where they looked down through that window at you, and they're wanting to shoot one of the people on the phone so that you don't shoot Oh. Very, very awkward situation because I'm a very, very good customer. I always believe that you've just got to be as nice as possible and kill them with kindness. I would never kick off. But my heart is absolutely racing. In case I wasn't clear by the F some others in the uh, Slack thread that I sent you, <coughs> not had anything to eat. I want to eat some feelings like you have no idea. I wanted to just slam my face into like a bowl of sausage rolls like a dog. <laughs> uh, a
2: dog on hot chips at this point.
1: <laughs> I'm out of breath because I got back here as well,
2: This is terrible audio, so why don't you just go to Greg's?
1: Oh man, I wish I had done. What do you think of this role? Is it as stupendous as we've been making it out to be so far? It's mostly terrible. (laughs) You sound
2: sound like Shane McMahon. I feel like it. (laughs) You look like him too.
3: Like, I really enjoyed, really enjoyed two things on this show. So when you carry on talking, I'll find out if I've probably already missed
1: one of them. Okay. Well, your thoughts on Lucha Logan quickly.
3: Terrible. Absolutely. Like, a, a massive, massive disappointment, all things considered. I thought they... Like, track the whole thing with kid gloves, as we suggested it might have done, actually. Like, the double down. Logan Paul's an arsehole. Like, a complete and utter arsehole. Well,
1: no, he's having a redemption story. I'd like to correct this. He's got this incredible st- redemption art going on IRL.
3: I don't But well, most people know him, yeah, like I you don't. say, for the... the I don't know of course. any of that. But, like, The Miz was, like, the smiling face of the awful Paul brothers. When, last year, like, Kevin Owens was able to stun him for being awful. Yeah. I, d- I didn't quite... I was let down by this a bit.
2: If I know that a celebrity is going through a redemption, they aren't really, they are <laughs> working
1: it. <laughs> Um, we saw a clip following the Lucha Logan stuff of uh, John Cena winning his first world title at WrestleMania 21 against JBL. I watched that back a while back with Ann Nicholas. A dreadful match, that. Now it like, happens. Now it no- happens. Nothing happens, you're right. It's, um, it's like it's three moves of doom, not even five.
3: WrestleMania 21 is this amazing pay-per-view in terms of it crowns two new champions and it draws huge as well. Angle Michaels on that one. Angle Michaels is on it. Money in the Bank. Steve Austin's
2: on the talk show. Do that again. Beginning um, of the streak, proper beginning of the streak oh, where they market the fact that oh, has beating a load of jabrones. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let's do the number because that's more impressive than the opponents. Great mania. Um, With all due respect to Kane, who <laughs> <laughs> was a jabroni. Yeah. Two
3: world champions that, I like to me, and we 100% right about in Triple H and Bradshaw that needed the belts often but weren't the people to actually pass the torch because they're useless and everything. Because I guess Batista watched the Rumble when Vince is sat on the floor, so over they have actually made two brand new stars and the people that have to pass the torch are complete slugs and can't do it. Like two bad matches that expose the weaknesses of the two new stars. Yeah. Triple H makes Batista go like 23 minutes or something. Oh,
1: Matt, blowing bl- out his arse by the end. Anyway, Veer coming next week. Oh, uh, yeah. And then we got uh, the, the segment we've all been looking forward to. Before we got to Seth Rollins being summoned to uh, WWE headquarters, there was a video package, which is so surreal. It's all the time Seth Rollins had failed to, to get to WrestleMania, get a spot on WrestleMania. And it added stuff of like John Knoxville going, yeah, I'll fire WrestleMania. <laughs> uh, or like Logan Paul or Pat McAfee getting spots on there. So that completely undercut their put anyway. And then, well, what happened next was, was just a, another indictment of it all. So Seth Rollins showed up at, at the HQ a couple of hours early, uh, and then he had to wait. And it was after nine before he got in to see Vince. And he came in being all me walking into the office in the morning when people are like, all right, let's pace ourselves, shall we? We've got a long day ahead. We've got work to do. And uh, he pops his feet on the table and Vince says, can you on the table? Huh? Can you walk on the table? And he does. And uh, uh, Seth is like, oh, okay, what are you going to do? Are you going to fine me? Are you going to you know ban me from Raw or WrestleMania? Are you going to do it? You're fired. And uh, Vince just looked at him and went, you know you didn't have to jump through all those hoops, you know? You're Seth Rollins. Just come and ask, and you've got a match at WrestleMania. Like, it's really easy. (laughs) Uh, And he announces that Seth is going to be facing an opponent of his choosing. Huge Cody chance at this point, of course. But he's not going to know until he's in the ring. And Rollins celebrates and runs around the office and shouts at the T-Rex skull and jumps on the desk, basically, and celebrates, and Vince looks heartily pissed off with him, Sid. And, uh, well, I'm just going to let you... Take it from here, because you've already ranted about this in the office.
2: If the promoter legitimately cannot stand the talent, belittles and demeans the talent, thinks of their concerns as petty, destroys the process of his show, why should I give a single toss about anything (laughs) on it? The idea, I get it, I'm not an imbecile. The idea is that Vince McMahon is, like, the endearing old baddie, if you like. Like, Very nice, very evil. That's legitimately... (laughs) That's legitimately... legitimately Dan Vinson. Dan Vinson, he's... My
1: wife at the time.
2: (laughs) He's, like, the Raw Legends night version of the old character, where it doesn't matter what misdeeds that Ted DiBiase used to do back in the day, like, horrible to children, horrible to the people he paid money to, like, the scourge of values... He's Teddy BRC time heals do the D- laugh yeah, do the laugh. Time heals all wounds. It's Ted DiBiase. <laughs> Vince McMahon's kind of that rule now where it's like, ah, look, look what you gave us all, guys. He might have made Steve Austin's life a living hell. He might have done some stuff with Jimmy <laughs> but, uh, It's Vince McMahon, guys. It's, you gotta love You gotta love him. And it's You've like, got that, to love him. <laughs> got to, but that's genuinely his rule now. It's like the endearing crank billionaire. Like yeah. That's the role he's playing. In he order to play it, he's allowed... To undermine the whole process. Yeah. But, like, that's a grown man acting like a clown because he saw the Dark Knight and thought, oh, I can do something cool with that. And then he just looks like it's an, it's anti-star building. It's the, uh, the...
1: And you pointed this out as well this morning. Why, why isn't Finn Balor or Ricochet just going, oh, can I get on the card then seeing as I'm a champion?
2: That's the thing, I've said this before, on, with AEW, has its faults. Not many in my opinion, but the reason why I'll always support it if it maintains this framework is that they have a system in place that makes sense. Rankings, fixtures, if you win the matches, you advance. They mean something. That is the whole purpose. Obviously, conflicts can arise but in the grudge context where, like, an MGF and CM Punk will say, all right, well, I hate that guy. They always say something to the effect of, he's getting in the way of my title aspirations. I have to deal with that first. It's cake and it stuff, but it's always... It enhances
3: the end match, because it's like, well, the, the win is going to matter as well to the winner and the loser, but it just happens they've had a feud yeah. first.
2: In yeah. and the, the main grudge rivalries that happen on, like, the second or third match underneath the main event of a uh, AEW pay-per-view, if you go down the line here, yeah, <laughs> they often the winner of that grudge match goes on to work the next pay-per-view in the title match, like Moxley, full gear, revolution. MGF was going to have double or nothing. It was teased, but they tried to delay it for the pandemic. But there's been countless examples. Uh, CM Punk is going to do it after this revolution, for example. There are no rules to this. This is a company that demeans its stars on television, that makes them look like total clowns, laughs and mocks you and the last four weeks at least of your life for investing in this and it laughs at the rules that they don't have it's just how can it's a company that makes you ask questions about its plot holes and doesn't give a toss about Mm. it like the omens don't look good for cody wrestlemania is going to be amazing it's going to be surreal the match will be excellent you'll be fooled for one night into thinking he's a star it took them, what, seven years to make Roman Reigns do what he does next? Uh, this company's stupid, and you're an idiot if you like it very much.
1: pamphlet Seth Rollins. is going to WrestleMania. He sure is. I mean, he, I laughed
3: when he did the bit with the dinosaur head. Yeah. I, I, I find that character
2: impossible to understand. I, I cannot. Do you want to know what his take on it is? On the character? What Seth Rollins was yeah. asked. Yeah, please Seth me. Rollins was asked to explain, like, what's the drip guard? <laughs> Said, what's the drip guard character all about? Get this, I am not taking the piss. This is a horse's mouth quote from Seth freaking Rollins himself. You know that fiend's mind yeah. M tweet about picture a friendly clown from the circus except he's very evil. Congratulations, you're on your way to understanding <laughs> the fit. It's like that but, oh without no. it, but without the layers of drill-esque irony. Think of the Joker yeah. if you were a narcissist undergoing a midlife crisis. Thanks, I hate
3: it. I hate it. It's, it's not, that's rubbish. He's not that, is he? But even if he was <laughs> that, that'd be terrible. <laughs> He's a joker, mate. <laughs> He's looking at us going, oh, I'm, why so serious? Like, I just... I'd sort of laughed a bit at the at him doing his best Adam freaking Wilborn, but I didn't get much out of the segment itself. So, you know, it's so covered all the huge, enormous problems with this. Um, the Cody stuff is amazing. It's the strangest thing. This is... This has become, I think, what we kind of maybe foresaw or it might, which is the warped alternate universe version of the CM Punk tease, which makes sense because WB is the warped alternate universe version of a wrestling company, which is mm. what AEW is. So this is played, in a manner of speaking, this is played entirely to type. I, I, I despise this Vincent Man Underlings dynamic. I hated it when and um, when Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles burst into uh. Money in the Bank. And it didn't even look like he was in the room with them at various points. It kind of like would cut to him for his detached reaction mm. and then it would do the wide shot and then you could see they're actually together. I, I, oh my God, how did we end up in here? Well, you he were encouraged to like go to the top of the building where his office is based. So that's probably how you bumped through this door. Seth got one, I, I thought he was trying to make good something that he knew was very, very bad here. I did quite like the bit where the receptionist let him in and he was like, you know, Vince McMahon? Because he has, like, another assistant. <laughs> yeah. Like, one of them other underlings. Uh, yeah, the dinosaur head bit was quite funny. Um, it was a bit very danced around Vince's back, and that just felt like this area, this hallowed, like, yeah. you know, that a corridor of uncertainty is in football that nobody normally goes between Vince and his, his back. De- he's got a back desk and front desk. <laughs> <laughs> he's not got a desk, he's got a kitchen island. That's <laughs> weird as well. Like, it's not the desk that you remember from the... Uh, We made more He's got himself a a thing like a little island in the middle. This what a piss poor way to arrive at an enormous match, an enormous WrestleMania match. It's 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 not going to necessarily be as simple as Cody coming out. I don't think. Like it feels more like Mr. McMahon's chosen opponent. Feels like it's got some nonsense before you get the actual payoff.
1: Yeah. Uh, shout out to uh, Jake C. Laycock, better known as Jake, 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 Jake on uh, Twitter, who's provided was a nice meme template yeah. <laughs> of me on, my head on Seth Rollins and Sidge's head <laughs> on Vince McMahon, And he's written, Wilborn cracking up at the pun, he's going to spring on the Dadly Boys during the Raw review, while Sidgwick is working quietly to write a brilliant article for cool Thank you. <laughs> uh, Heck, from quarantine's already had some fun with this as well. <laughs> Sidgwick giving an articulate and thoughtful analysis of a match. Will one wait for a chance to hit the bo- 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 <laughs> So you know, some good, some good came yeah. from it. But, Sid, I've got to say, I, I really don't agree with the fact that you said that, you know, sometimes they just let people be the flavour of the month and then they just drop them cold. Anyway, what came next? Oh, yeah, almost versus the Viking Raiders. You remember, they were fighting for the tag titles about a week ago and, uh, you know, they've held the tag titles before. Anyway, it was a handicap match and it went under a minute because <laughs> um, Eric got hit with a clothesline, rolled to the outside and was like, oh, that's smarts, and got counted out. And then when Ivar went, oh, you shouldn't have done that, and jumped up on the apron, he got kicked off as well. And because they're setting almost up to be big uh, and this imposing threat for WrestleMania, uh, so anyway, post match, who gets in the ring with him? Oh yeah, Kevin Patrick uh, jumps in and says, "Oh, is there anyone that could threaten you?" And almost says, "There's nobody. I'm undefeated. I'm going to dominate everyone." Uh, and Lashley returns. Great to see Bobby Lashley back, and he he storms down to the ring and he looks at the WrestleMania sign and then. Omos shoves him, and they have a bit of a back and forth where Lashley can't knock Omos, uh, even teetering. He just sort of stood there, and he's manhandling Bobby Lashley. Uh, anyway, Lashley finally does a running shoulder tackle to uh, knock Omos down, and he rolls out of the ring, and they jaw jack and point at the WrestleMania sign. And the commentators claim this is the first time Omos has ever been knocked off his feet. You'd think they'd say that for WrestleMania, Yeah. Okay, so this was... <laughs> This was,
3: again, wholly logical in terms of, like, rules of the universe stuff, but then there are no rules. So this is actually very WWE, just watching two men come out and effectively look at a sign to, to book a match. The Viking Raiders' plight, it's... Are we all just not too tired for this?
2: I don't give a toss. Viking Raiders one aren't, one aren't a very uh,
3: not good guy. Weird things over on that firm. Yes. They're, if they're just... thing is, though, like, they've... They got their asses handed to them by the ESOs, mostly. In one case, before the match even took place <laughs> uh, that Saudi show. Like, the thing, how WWE works is it doesn't work. So there will be people today worried about the, <laughs> the position of the Viking Raiders as a result of this. Vince Hay's tag team, so they were never going to get that far anyway. they just fix them on Monday if they want it. Or they'll just win. They'll beat the Dirty Dogs next week on Raw. And Jimmy Smith will tell you the number one contenders. And they are. And that's it. That's how the Viking Raiders are fixed. That's how little of this matters. So don't cry for them. Um And they were protected, it's a count out. And, and and try and get excited. Like I don't think this match will be a disaster. I love, love lumbering WB giants. No. Even the bad ones. Almost is m- maybe the worst. And I'm worried about the prospective quality of this. But
2: no, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> too bad. <laughs> but I
3: can't wait to see the inevitable relegation to NXT 2.0, because I think he'd be tremendous fun (gasps) down there. I think they're going to have Lashley beat him, and I think this is maybe it for Omos for a little while
2: longer yet. Yeah, I agree. The guy's useless. (laughs) So useless, in fact, that about the only thing you can do with a a performer as useless as Omos. It's one of those things where... I feel a little bit bad for the 7.5, colo- uh, 7.5 Colossus. <laughs> uh, because he's just got what I think is a, a sweet vibe about him. I don't think he's got out for this at all. He's just le- legitimately extra- extraordinarily tall. So when he's in a match and he can't do anything, can't do out, why did he uh, take him off his feet? Why couldn't they have booked an angle here where Lashley almost takes him off his feet? And then he kind of like stumbles back and has to grab the top rope as if to convey physically without any words. Bloody hell. It'll stop me off my feet then. Mm. That might happen at WrestleMania. Because it's not as if the biggest main event in WrestleMania history was sold with the thought of your babyface hero. Yes. Maybe just maybe being able to execute a single move that would get him the win. <laughs> this company... It, the best thing Dave Meltzer ever wrote, and think of the obituaries, think of the Screwjob article. If, you have, if you've never read it and you've got a subscription, even if it's the w- the thing you least want to read about ever. It's Jesus essential what Brett wrote, it basically. <laughs> yes. <laughs> read his Screwjob thing. Read it. <laughs> but still, the best thing that Dave Meltzer's ever said, he was talking about it with Lars Sullivan. It's like, how can you mess up Lars Sullivan? It's quite easy because it sucks, but you're the best guy in obscuring how much these fellas suck. Yeah. Um, Vince McMahon has forgotten how to ride a bike. <laughs> yeah. Vince McMahon has forgotten how to ride a bike.
3: Andre the Giant eliminated Hulk Hogan from a battle royal to set up their wrestler. Like, Didn't slam him. you have nothing left
1: if we did that. <laughs> that's, how, that's how all this works. Anyway, time to cheer ourselves up, because Reggie's backstage with Dana Brooke, 24-7 champion. And he says, we never get any time together. I just want a bit of private time. I've got something I want to ask you. Uh, and he gets down on one knee and says, we don't have to wait. A, Sorry, no. What about the other six days
3: of the week? Maybe you should stop trying to arrange this conversation during the middle of the nationally televised uh, show that they both work on. <laughs> this is probably the worst. They're at work. This is the worst time to raise this conversation hmm. compared to the rest of the time they spent together.
2: He used to take her on walks to Christmas. What are going to talk things. about? Save something to talk about for after work. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do at work today? I got engaged. What else can we talk about? Oh, I don't know.
1: Do you like the, uh, do you like the park? Oh, I'm not bothered by the park. Oh, that's a deal breaker. <laughs> <laughs> he gets on one knee, says that we don't have to wait to WrestleMania for their moment. Um, and he pulls out a diamond ring. Brooks, uh, uh, Dana Brooks says yes. Uh, but before they can escape, she gets jumped by Tamina. Tamina tries to pin her, but Reggie makes sure that doesn't happen. They escape. In comes a very well-dressed Akira Tozawa, uh, and he also proposes to Tamina, who grabs him and uh, looks like she's sw- pulling her hand back to, to say yes. And she offers him the hand, and he with oh, a bit of trouble, but pops the old ring on, and the crowd cheer, and they, they leave together, and then R-Truth's watching sneakily with his binoculars and says he's got an idea by the power vested in me. We're getting a WrestleMania wedding. Possibly
2: two. Yeah. I can't wait. They always do some bollocks. In modern-day WrestleMania is this unscheduled banter segment where it's like Hall the Nash being doctors or <laughs> <laughs> Bailey's wonderful efforts throughout the pandemic getting absolutely buried. Yeah. We're like it, nine hours deep at WrestleMania 35. You want a dance break? No.
3: no. <laughs> it's getting really
2: cold. Yeah. It's, getting, it's Monday. <laughs> It's getting really cold. I, don't know. I just want to go and write my article there. <laughs> <laughs> they are going to do the Oh My God, guys, loves in the air. Da, 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 da. And they're going to have a wedding at WrestleMania. Double and wedding. Dickheads have to watch it live. Who are them? One, one each night.
1: Oh. Right, one night to yeah. You. Ambassador, you're spoiling us.
3: <laughs> Offer our off truth to get a title back that he can win whenever he wants. Literally any minute of the day, as stipulated by the belt itself. Yep. I know. I want. Oh, wait. I'll organize a double wedding. <laughs> Full brief. You can roll them up now. Roll them up while they're proposing. i uh, a double wedding.
0: Ugh. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds.
1: Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? Right, let's get to Roman Reigns. Uh, he comes out with Heyman and the Usos. Loved this because I saved loads of time. Like when I watched SmackDown, basically. Yeah, skip, 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 skip. skip, yeah. skip. skip. Um, and he he's just the old acknowledge me, and then he says that he ran Monday Night Raw until Fox begged him to save SmackDown. Um, great response to the what treatment, as I mentioned with with Brock as well. And he said, "You guys keep whiting me. I'm gonna smash you like I'm, I would smash Steve Austin." They actually stopped watching him as well by the end of the promo. Like there you a go. king. Name
3: check each from Brock and Roman for Steve Austin. Feels like it's not nothing, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Um, he says he's done it all, Reigns has, in this. in, uh, <laughs> But he hasn't uh, beaten Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and that pisses him off. Um, and we get a Suplex City chant, which just riles him up a little bit more. Uh, and he talks about getting busted open at Wrestlemania 34 uh, in New Orleans by uh, by Brock Lesnar. He talks about where he got cut on his forehead and on the top of his head and he got beat up so bad that his kids didn't recognize him. His father doubted him and his family and he turns to look at the Usos. They were disappointed in him. They were questioning him basically. Um, but look what he's done now. He's taken uh, the advocate and he's made him a wise man. He's taken the the moniker of being the longest reigning he- square garden and his final move is going to be taking Lesnar's title he's finished by saying I'm gonna make it personal because it's always been personal to me One of the few highlights on this show see yeah Roman Reigns
2: is absolutely amazing his gimmick as the the superstar athlete on the team without if he ever got injured this team would be absolutely knackered is such a great gimmick it is so much better God mold Roman being the, the franchise player with the tracky, is so much better than Monologue.
1: Lovely red tracky there as well.
2: Yeah. Ooh. I prefer the SmackDown one. Yeah. To be honest, <laughs> this one felt like a little bit, I'm on Raw, so I'm going to go red. But I usually like his uh, the black tracksuit. It's amazing. I love the tracksuit. I don't think in terms of how uh, massive gearheads, I don't think me and Hamful have discussed this enough, how good the Roman Reigns tracksuit is. Oh, yeah. He's the superstar mega athlete on the team, the failing franchise that would completely fall apart at the seams, if he wasn't playing for them. Tom Brady
1: in the pocket.
2: <laughs> it would be a disaster without him, and that's the character. Yeah, He makes everything he does feel enormous. He's the only person I can recall, and I skim a lot of this stuff and just watch it with glazed eyes, <laughs> but he's the only guy I can recall in living memory who was referred to at previous WrestleMania by the name of it, the number of it. because He's allowed because he's roaming and just the only one who's allowed to live in this real world oh that, yeah i didn't think of that, that yeah. wwe can somehow be when he's at the absolute forefront of it delivery is incredible Every, everything else is frivolous frivolous enough in itself without him just embarrassing everything else that's in his orbit and he does he's the absolute best i've said several times that the genius of brian danielson as a professional wrestler is that he wrestles as if he's the best professional wrestler on the planet, that's the genius. I don't know how you do that. It's pretty hard. Oh, I was going to be the best wrestler. How do you do that? That's how great he is. Roman Reigns is that, except with super sports entertainment, main event superstar. He just simply exudes it. He's amazing. Everything else on the show is terrible, especially in contrast to him. He's just
1: w- he's trying to convince himself yet again, isn't he? I'm going to smash it. It's the best
2: show on ass ever.
3: Well, yeah, and it's what's so great about that is, you know, there's a kind of meta quality to this as well, because typically... Only Brock Lesnar can exist on that plane that Sidgwick just described. Roman Reigns is in, and it, like he's doing this, he's operating at, like, a, a God mode, as he said, this elite tier. He's in dependable form. And who else is ever permitted to be dependable other than Brock Lesnar? You, c- you can't depend on anybody on this show because from one week to the next, you never know what you're going to get you. They're, they're only ever a week away from some abysmal booking or some terrible scripting that completely embarrasses them and embarrasses you for investing in them, you know, and then every, like every week, there's the things we like, it always feels like, he's riding your luck, don't you, Chad, mm. G- Chad Gable's a recent one, yeah, you just you just sort of feel like, you're riding your luck, as he is his, until all of this kind of falls away, enjoy the good times, because they're going to be over really soon, Roman has ascended, to Brock's level, where the good time. if you like this, the good times are never over, and I just, I think that, the quality of his work in that regard cannot be understated mm. because nobody does that. Nobody, like, we talked about Sami Zayn gaming the system. How does he do it, really? He just, he becomes a rodeo clown. There's no shame in that, and he's very, very good at it. But that's not, he's not gaming the system by then becoming the longest reigning Universal Champion in forever and potentially beating Brock Lesnar, Rasmina, and all this sort of stuff. This was, much like Brock's, this was only a promo, and yet he didn't feel... Ripped off by your Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, Go Home stuff. We suggested on the preview we didn't think there was going to be anything spectacular. If they've got anything fireworky based, it's going to be on SmackDown. Mm-hmm. They didn't need to. You can absolutely depend on these two men to sell a fight, and that they, they, they do it in 2022, WWE is all the more impressive.
2: I would say that Roman's segment absolutely embarrassed, smashed, <laughs> Brock's tonight.
3: I like watching Brock in this. I like watching him give himself to this babyface role. Personally, I like. I'm I'm tiring ever so slightly of the, like the cowboy gimmickry of it, but it's like I'm still interested by like happy, fun, smiling Brock, especially because he's going to have to switch that contrast off entirely. Otherwise, yeah. he's going to
1: overlook what's in front of him in Roman. Uh, Carmella and Queen Selena <laughs> uh, are doing their photo shoot as, as I'm well. like
2: Lucille Bluth whenever he does it Gene <laughs> <And laughs> Parmesan I just love him <laughs> when they for, for,
1: uh, for about one second. <laughs> <laughs> Women's tag title photo shoot. Uh, and they go, oh, remember last week when we uh, battered Shayna Baszler and Natalya? And then guess who shows up? Yeah. And uh, they said, oh, stay in line, follow our lead. Uh, so long as bootleg Barbie and the imposter queen get out of our way, we'll let you live long enough to see WrestleMania, and then we'll take your titles. That you want simple. to say about
2: this? No, because we are running short of time, so let's just uh, crack on let's instead
1: talk about the fact that the Steiners are going into the Hall of Fame.
2: Can I just say right now, right, I don't want to piss on anyone's chips. Don't get excited about Scott Steiner's speech. I'm as big of a Scott Steiner guy as you'll ever meet. Scott Steiner is my Michael Hanflet's Kevin Nash. <laughs> they are doing this for the sole benefit of Breaker. Mm-hmm. He's going to be on his best behavior knowing that his family, who he loves is relying upon him to be on his best behavior. You're going to get a math promo. You're not going to get him calling Stephanie McMahon waste in and sh- Triple H joke. You might get a slightly barbed reference. Um, yeah, they, was
1: it Friday night or Friday Friday straight after Smackdown.
2: Lower your expectations. <laughs> like
1: so your your nephew is fighting uh what 12 hours from now. Be a real shame of uh Oziggler retain day. Eh? Imagine comparing the Undertaker's skin to a Sharpie puffy. And now next <laughs> all of fame identity. Uh, right, we get the uh, eight woman tag match: uh, Sasha, Naomi, Rhea Ripley, and Liv Morgan versus Natalia, Shayna Baszler, Carmella, and Queen Zelina. Um, <laughs> early on, Natalia takes Liv down, tries for a sharp shooter, but gets caught with a head scissors sent into the corner. Ripley comes in, basement drop kick Natalia. Uh, and Zelina comes in to take us to a break. When we come back, uh, Banks is just She's Sasha Banks, guys. Um, uh, she knocks Carmella down. Uh, and she finally is trying to make it to the corner to make their tag to Naomi, uh, but they've all the rest of them have been knocked off the apron. And Baszler pulls Naomi off the apron. Um, so Baszler comes in and uh, puts her in a stretch muffler. But uh, all the all the gits getting an argument, and Corey Graves is there fawning over Carmella. Basically, it ends up with Zelina Vega, Zelina Vega in there, and she gets hit with a Riptide one two three. I can never watch
2: anything involving Sasha Banks when it's meaningless without mourning the career of Sasha Banks. And I've said it one million times, so I'll keep these thoughts brief. It's one thing for, like, to to say, oh, you know, WWE is really badly mishandling the career of Sasha Banks because he could insert any wrestler not (laughs) named Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or Randy Orton in replace Sasha Banks with their names. With all due respect, does anyone give a toss about Ricochet, really? His... Role, in 2016, the, the this incredible wrestler who will break your brain with how great he is. So, there's, there's loads who can do that now. I don't think anyone on an emotional level, fan-based level, gives it a, really a toss about Ricochet. He could be much better on a different promotion. Everyone knows this. But yes. I don't think anyone gives a toss. People love Sasha Banks. It's only one of these three-week things where I'll try and get him over. Well, he wasn't over over the second week. right? bury him on the third because I can't be arsed. You don't have to try with Sasha Banks. She's got this <laughs> incredibly obsessed, very uh, admirable-sized audience, and she's still booked terribly mm-hmm. disgraceful. She's so cool; she could be a megastar, and they are wasting her.
3: Owen six at WrestleMania. Well, I think these champions are probably Owen six since they won the belt, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They lose every week. It's always as a result of Carmella and Corey Graves. They're a disaster of a tag team. Now I'm starting to talk myself into thinking they'll retain.
2: Who's going to retain?
3: Like the champions? Yeah, but. Oh, uh, Carmella and I forget who her partner is.
1: Queen Zolina, Your <laughs> Majesty. <laughs> Big Steve Austin, Stone Cold Steve Austin, video package set to Kid, kid Rock. Nice. Uh, and then we get uh, uh, Kevin Owens <laughs> cutting a promo. Sure, so. you know I didn't hear that because it was like of the time as the footage was. Yes.
3: It? Like, it did sort of fit.
1: Uh, Owens says, what an incredible tribute that was. No one does, does these videos better than the angels in the WWE production truck, uh, but nothing can really compare to what he, he gave as a tribute to Austin last week. Um, people said uh, that he was mocking Austin, but he wasn't. Again, more what chance here that Owens just deals with. He, he just started saying what himself. Like he'd make a statement and go, what? What? Yeah, well, oh, yeah, because that's what it sounds like to the rest of us. Uh, he talked about the KO show main eventing WrestleMania on Saturday, um, and he said his performance last week would be the closest we'd get to the old Stone Cold. Austin has been gone for 19 years, he said, and he's never coming back. It's not going to be Stone Cold on Saturday. It's going to be Steve. The same Steve that's been drinking himself into oblivion for 19 years and desperately inviting people to his range to speak about the good old days on his podcast. Uh, And he said, look, Austin may look and sound like the own Stone Cold, but let's be honest, he isn't going to pick a fight with me because, well, he couldn't. Uh, But I'll give him the send off he deserves on the KO show. Uh, and Owens admits to hating beer, but he'll have one with Austin. They can maybe toast Austin passing the torch to the new Stone Cold, the real master of the stunner. He says, Owens 316 says, my stunner is better than yours. And he said to Austin finally, don't try and get funny with me. Don't try anything because otherwise there's going to be a stunner and it's got your name on it. And that's the yeah, bottom stone line. Cold stunner. Because KO <laughs> said so. I like this.
3: Owens continues to impress me. Given very little to um, very little concrete to sell, you know he like they're keeping it intentionally vague to presumably measure people's expectations. But then all our expectations are actually Steve Austin's going to look pretty cool here because he's gotten himself in the shape. If it feels like this isn't the match, it kind of it's starting to me at least to feel like the match is forthcoming. It mm-hmm. might not be a WrestleMania, but this all feels like a soft launch to something bigger. Um, and Owens is the one in the position that's kind of got to sell that vague, foggy return you know that isn't quite a return and I think he's doing a really good job with it I think it's he's elevated this isn't bad material he's just elevating nothing at all he's kind of I I don't want to see this any more than I did the first week it was all made clear that we were having Kevin Owens versus Steve Austin in in a chat you know it's not like they've it's not like they've advanced it week by week and they've just like had it peak at the right time or anything it was what it was pretty much from the very beginning Mm. and it's not changed and it's just been down to Owens to fill TV time and I think he's done a fairly admirable job of that he is completely committed to this, and yeah, I'm watching. I'm watching that, and it's. I, I don't feel like he's having to sell it to me. I'll just buy it because I'm buying his performances. I think he's done really well. I also quite like his Ultimate Kevin T-shirt. I always do. They're always pretty yeah. cool and sort of things. He's got his own little thing working. Um, yeah, I think he's. He really has shown himself to be the best person for this job. Odd a job as it is. That's a very
2: nice way of talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't really watch anything that
1: I could book. Yeah, I mean, I want to watch things that I couldn't, and I could book this easily. Mm. Well, I'll get your thoughts instead on Austin Theory versus Intercontinental Champion. Think of the legacy of Intercontinental. Shut the f*** up. (laughs) (laughs) Intercontinental Champion ricochet under two minutes. I I thought I knew which way this was going to go in terms of the fact that the crowd were chanting, uh, we want Pat, and I thought, oh, yeah, Pat's going to come out and distract him, and blah, 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 blah. And then he just didn't. And Theory hit him with the ATL and won. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, no less. How um, Hometown or something? They said something about that, elsewhere. swear.
2: There were people uh, on Twitter doing the usual thing again. Oh, three times in four days, the Intercontinental Champions being beat. What are we watched it for? <laughs> what, what have you been watching for the past 20 years, you stupid arseholes? Stop trying to get traction and clout. With your twenty three year old takes, you hack bastards. You are worse than scum.
3: Do you think Vince even maybe just thinks the Intercontinental title is a bit of Ricochet's gear? <laughs> 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 he doesn't know it's a belly. Does he? I wouldn't put a title on that. Complete Japrone, he's a loser.
2: Uh yeah. Concerned trolling about the Intercontinental title, you make is absolutely sick. <laughs>
1: like,
3: tag team got buried. We know Vince hits tag teams. A small guy lost in a short match because he hit small guys. A small guy happened to be holding the mid card title. Vince doesn't pay them any mind whatsoever. I got a bingo. <laughs> what? What is anybody surprised at the state of any of this? I, I like. I'm, I'm with Cedric here. Like, I don't, I don't feel anything for the defeat. But the problem, the bigger problem, like away from idiots online or fans that just simply do not get it, is that I didn't particularly feel anything for the winner. Like that is a problem. Mm. You, if you do want, if this existed for just the sort of making... Austin oh, Theory is so cool. He can beat a guy in a minute. Pat McAfee should be running scared. Like, shouldn't we be, shouldn't that be the takeaway? Not everybody going online and be like, what a disgrace Happens to the Intercontinental Champion. The one that you're worried about isn't on the card. The one that they're trying to sell you is. And mm-hmm. in a, a high-profile match, it failed on those terms, and that's much worse.
1: Uh, nice uh, acknowledgement of, of Triple H, uh, following his retirement from wrestling, followed this, and then we got the return of Bianca Belair. Yeah, probably the
3: worst world champion in wrestling history.
1: She talked about... Accumulated greatly, yeah. Uh, Becky Lynch knocking her down over and over again, but there's nothing that could keep her down. She said her existence threatened Becky Lynch, that's why she acted the way that she did, uh, and that's why Becky Lynch attacked her and insults her week after week. She, said, congratulations for taking me out for like a few weeks, but I'm back. Feels like I never left. Uh, everything that Lynch has tried to stop has failed. She's got nothing left, uh, and she's coming for Lynch on Saturday. Lynch's music hits. Uh, Belair turns to face the uh, the entrance way, but Lynch tries to attack her from behind. Belair sees it coming and uh, puts the boots into Becky Lynch. who brought a chair in, and uh, when uh, Bianca turned her back to get her hands on the chair or, or whatever, Lynch pulls her by her hair and attacks her with the steel chair and then, you know, goes underneath the ring and pulls out a bag. And I thought, oh, God, not thumbtacks, please, God. Uh, but it wasn't. It was a giant pair of scissors. And I, I genuinely, I will say this, I went... No, like that, <laughs> like that, because I thought you can't do this. This isn't right. She said I was. No, I was. I said I was coming to take your hair. Basically, uh, officials run down to ringside, but they can't do anything. But as Lynch is going for the hair, Belair powers up and nails her with a K.O.D. Does it a second time, and then Belair decides, huh, you brought them in. They're going to get used, and she takes lumps out of uh, Becky Lynch's hair, give her a, a brand new haircut, and uh, officials eventually have to stop her, or she stops, and they, they get in between them all. And uh, Belair leaves and holds up bits of Becky Lynch's hair, and Lynch freaks out when she finds out what's gone on, and uh, the crowd chants, you deserve it. And then later on, when Sarah Schreiber tries to interview Becky Lynch, who's just staring into the, her new look in the mirror, she throws down the mic and just screams, Bianca, you bitch! Genuinely, I thought this was
3: excellent. Honestly, like I, ri- I, I think Cedric's um, right about Becky Lynch. Every week is an audition for something that isn't WWE, and there's going to be more of that. By the way, because if she's not losing, like if she's not going to come out with a, like aggressively short haircut on uh, Sunday after the Bianca Belair match, it, it's probably going to be follow on to this. It, there's another character coming now when she loses the title. We're going away from big time Bex, and moving into something different where she's going to have to find herself. What have I become? You know, all that sort of nonsense. But I really, really like this was a go-home segment with a storyline that's had various chapter points um, that peaked at exactly the right point. It tied to other stuff that this storyline has been about, which is about Bianca's hair as a weapon. Bianca's hair that has become a kind of a thing that Becky has begun to obsess over because her insecurity has been showing for a while now and she's already been physically damaged by it. But... Um, without all the other worries that she actually can't beat Bianca Bella Bianca Bella is a super athlete and in a fair fight, she can't get it done. They've made me, successfully, they've made me forget the fact that they've kind of done all this. Mm-hmm. This feels like a new wrinkle um, that has made this match interesting on its own terms, rather than just sort of, you oh, know, kind of going back to this because they have to. Genuinely, these last sort of two, three weeks, I think they've done really good work here, and this was the best bit of it at exactly the right time. And I'm judging that, objectively, on the reaction to Bianca Belair nearly having her hair cut off. People were hugely, hugely invested in that. You could feel the gasps. You could feel the drama. I felt it a little bit. I was like, are they actually going to do this? This is big. And it would make total sense within the context of the story as well.
2: Honestly, I thought this was a a bit of a success story for them. Yeah, this is really well done. Like, really well acted, really well performed. Again, I don't think the crowd were, like, into it, which harms, like, your, like, sort of, it should be infectious. Mm. It should be this thing that sort of everyone's mad for. Uh, it was canny enough I just don't really care about the match I just don't really care about it again I hadn't if I hadn't run a back about three or four times again last year maybe but I've just got a certain mindset that I should probably shake it's on me at this point about Wrestlemania but my expectations are something like hot that I haven't seen all year and they're, doing a, they're, they're both really grafting to try and make this something mm. but I just get sick of I like hamlet has got this approach where he, he people he likes have a good day at work I'm well past that. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, this made me fantasy book
3: a little bit. So I was thinking about, you know, assuming that Bianca Belair wins, but is never the end. There's always rematches. There's backlash. Becky could put a hair on the line in a desperate attempt to win the title back or something along... You know what I mean? This had me at least thinking about the next steps for the characters and trying to, like, make sense of their lives within this Mm. ludicrous company. Whenever they kind of just make you... Like, this happened on the same show as that Vince and Seth Rollins thing, but I was able to apply, like, some wrestling logic to this, whereas
2: I couldn't in that one. What if they do the hair versus hair after this? Becky Lynch goes all in, cue ball. Seth Rollins licking the boot, standing up for WWE for the past, what, three years at this point gets bitched out by Vince McMahon who just says, I'd rather have the AEW guy than you, pal. What if the drip guard, the big-time Conor McGregor Becks' <laughs> it's all building towards them looking at each other, looking at the most ridiculous cue ball, the stupidest, ostentatious outfit with which to try and impress Vince McMahon, and they both look at each other and say, what the hell have we been doing? Well, I know what it is, because if they both
3: shaved completely cue ball, they'd be right-said fed. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Came up with a good baby face turn. Then you come up with a
2: pretty good pod. There, there, there you go. Uh,
1: another handicap match now. It was uh, Mad Cat Moss and Baron Corbin, who's going to be the real? He's Reels. completely lost it as well. Mad <laughs> Cat right Moss. Said Fred. Be... Have you seen them
2: on Twitter? What's Oh, that? yeah. Right no. no, i said Fred. Oh, they're massive. Oh, like,
1: they, I, uh, yeah. they
2: got some weird views.
3: Yeah. They're more than deeply dippy, brother.
2: <laughs> they
1: were teaming up to take on... Not, um, right right said Fred. Uh, Baron Corbin and Mad Cat Moss were teaming up to take on Drew McIntyre. Um... Uh, there was a little inset thing of uh, my Cat Moss telling it. I thought it was quite a good joke. What did you say when you get hit with a claymore? Oh, it, it killed. Good stuff. Um, but uh, Baron Corbin didn't like it, and he didn't like being in a match, to be honest. He got one look up and went, nah, I can't be asked with this. Tags in Moss. Uh, Moss got ragdolled by Drew McIntyre and then chucked into the corner, like, come on then. And Baron Corbin goes, oh, I'm going to tag him in. Nah, bollocks TLC on whenever it is they're fighting on WrestleMania. And uh, Claymore's... Um, Moss one, two, three, and then as he's celebrating Corbin attacks him hits him with the end of days and steals his sword
2: uh, Well, I've really
3: be running the one time so I don't care said it a few weeks ago on Smackdown Drew McIntyre's WrestleMania moment has been turned into a Madcap Moss baby face turn because <laughs> that's what Vince likes now I like his little boots that's what he thought he's like right well what about Drew's big moment that was two years ago pal. don't care about that anymore
1: uh, Edge talks some bollocks in a room backstage and then AJ Styles reacted to, to it uh, say anything about this Edge is st- all black. I wanna know whose job it was to get this way the scales, you know, the scales were just a skull on it and, uh, <laughs> and paint it black as well.
2: maybe pain the black Maybe Alter Bridge can freaking do a cover. Um uh, Edge is nowhere near as clever as he thinks it is as he thinks he is. he's he's basically Edge in K Fabe. Is doing the old Val Venus Kane character arc. <laughs> the smartest guys in the locker room. Actually they're brain dead. Um but they're smarter than you know. Uh who was thick in nineteen ninety eight? That's AJ <laughs> Styles probably.
3: <laughs> 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 they um they being WWE have placed a lot there already would have been a pressure for this to deliver, this to bang at WrestleMania. They've placed more on it with this story. Oh yeah. Sissain, great. All so, I've said
1: all I've said is they're tongue loaded box, but the match will be great. There's a history of the stadium match will be great matches.
3: Not going so well at WrestleMania. So there is even more pressure on these two for this to absolutely... It could, but like it might not.
1: And if it doesn't, not only did the match not bang, it didn't bang and it did this on the way. I'm mm. surprised we got all the way to the main event. And uh, no, anyway. But well, it doesn't matter. Uh, Raw Skip. Tag Team cha- What? Raw Tag Team Champions. Skip, RK okay, Bro versus The Usos. Skip. This is a great match. Shut up. Up until the DQ. I was it? The Usos? Uh, I don't know. No. Uh, I'll just recap what happened. They Wait. got him... Street profits got involved. Everyone, skip everyone, skip. everyone got, everyone got, everyone got dQ'd. You got a journalism for that? Hey. You're gonna be joking that? And God bless. It's United short. States. It's crap. It's wrestling hey, related. Hey, the hey, five hey. star hey. review. Shut up. Got dQ'd. Uh, everyone got RKO'd and uh okay roast at all. And of all that. It's now time for this. It's short. It's crap. It's wrestling related. The five star review. Review. Nailed it. Skip means skip. <laughs> and so this- we pressing the buttons. Did you picture that video? That the guy setting as where the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. egg, egg. Uh, this week's five star review review is brought to you by. I'm going to butcher this name. Itay a football. Itay a football. I don't know. Apologies. To either Ite or Ite, uh, who writes Hello, Alban on the Boys. I've been listening daily for literally years now. Can't wait into words how much this podcast means to me. Uh, you always strike the perfect balance between banter and serious analysis. Uh, right now, I'm having the Rona for the second time, and the yeah. podcast helped me pass the time in isolation. Oh, it's rubbish. Get well soon, mate. Uh, for the five star review review, Given how much Wilborn likes impersonations, could you please review Mr. Anderson imitating Kurt Angle in TNA in 2010? Thank you very much. Keep up the heart. Amazing work. Ite. Apologies. If I've got the name wrong there. Uh, Hamlet, take us to back to TNA in 2010. I'd, I'd Kurt Angle
3: and Mr. Anderson having a few. Mr. Anderson was brand spanking new. He was a Hogan and Bischoff guy from one of the Hulkamania tours. He'd come in, he'd fought Abyss, I think, in his debut. Uh, and turned heel pretty much straight away. Angle was one of the o- like remaining over baby faces. And this was kind of, sort of, but not really, a one that got away from WWE, because Anderson, as he was Kennedy then, was on the ascendancy in WWE right as Angle departed. So I think TNA, if you think this is like the start of the Hogan-Bischoff era, they were looking at matches that would have felt WWE-like that they could promote, and they had this. Angle was big into the trumps uh, at the time. So, uh, there's some uh, d- dog tag stuff between the two <laughs> <few> of
1: them. <laughs> okay, <Dog-tail. laughs> Warrior award, I think you'll find it's called. Cool, there you go.
3: I was sent to you this morning. My prevailing memory of this feud is a genuinely great steel cage match there, which is the, like the total payoff. It's long after this, like bollocks. They had another pay-per-view match and all the rest of it. You know, they run it back three times or whatever. Where Angle Thankfully has... Thankfully, that sort of thing doesn't <laughs> happen anymore. <laughs> Angle has to destroy... Oh, well, TNA, I wouldn't know. Eh? Anderson at <laughs> such a point... When he walks out the cage, because of course they kept that rule at lockdown, he uh he stands on his bollocks on the <laughs> way out to step over him, which is like quite cathartic. He takes his dog, I think he rips the dog tag from his neck. All right, Anderson's got the key on the dog tag to the cage, and Anderson rips it, uh, angle rips it from him, stands on his dick, and then walks out the cage. And it's like seeing yeah. it great redemption
2: for silly stuff like this. Uh, I thought it was someone's crab, like, sorry, like I really hope the isolation isn't really boring mm. Like the illness itself isn't severe, but my God, what a hospital pass you've given me. I appreciate <laughs> your loyal listens, but I was watching this earlier I'm thinking, I'm going to get a par out of this.
1: Well, this is this is short crap and wrestling related. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so Anderson makes Angle's big entrance. Uh, Mike Tanay is talking about uh, his mistreatment of Kurt Angle. <laughs> and Taz just goes, I oh, thought it was quite funny, to be honest. So <laughs> there's that. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, Mr. Anderson is there. He's got an Angle singlet on Any truth to the rumour that it was Angle who gave him one of his old singlets for this? Do you
3: reckon that could be the case? I I mean, you'd assume so. Mm. That's the... It's
2: actually his clothes.
1: <laughs> it wasn't even my clothes. <laughs> Who did Dude, if not? He's got an angle singlet on, uh, a fake gold medal it, with the word winner written on it. It'd be
2: very TNA to not just simply use that money-saving move. Yeah. yeah. will get a new
1: one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's got uh, an angle singlet on, fake gold medal with the word winner written on it, like you win at the fair, uh, a baking tray with the word loser written on it, I think to represent the Warrior yeah. Award, uh, and a brilliantly crap bald cap. If you thought Owens was sort of deliberately bad, this was even worse, although maybe it wasn't deliberate. It's TNA back in the day, let's be honest. It's like
2: a ball sack coloured swimming cap.
1: <laughs> and he sort of fake tanned the top of his head to blend it in a little bit, if you notice, when he rips it off later. Um, so he does all of Kurt's shtick, it's real, it's damn real, uh, and then he says, oh yeah, and he's, he's he walks out with the, the mouth guard that Kurt Angle wears, pulling a face that can only be described as like, dope, just a bit of a <laughs> dopey face. Um, and he goes, I'm also the world I don't know what that accent is. <laughs> I'm also the world's most injury prone wrestler in the world today. And then he goes, Oh yeah owe yeah and he holds his neck and he says, Oh bloody hell, I think I just broke my neck for the seventeenth time <laughs> again. One time I broke my neck when I was tying my shoe, Then another time I broke my neck when I was walking my dog, and then one time I was taking a jump and I pushed too hard. Not only did I get hemis, I also broke my freaking neck. And then this one time I was drinking a yoo-hoo and I broke my neck. And then this one time at camp. American Pie, it's a American Pie. What? What are you doing? An American Pie? What year is it? Was American Pie
2: 1999 So eleven years <laughs> we've <laughs> funny story he was what a nice bloke I think you know you want to be a teen movie hijinks uh, like six months after Capital Carnage <laughs> I legitimately had an ingrown toenail and I was recovering doing nail care yeah mm. it's one of the most important things you can ever do in your life if you cut too deep and if you just pretend that this horrible thing hasn't happened and you've got an ingrown toenail sometimes the injection to numb the toe which itself is incredibly painful. It's just a needle in bone in your big toe. Sometimes it'll retake and numb the toe, and you can feel them cut out your entire
1: <laughs> big toe nail oh, no.
2: step the way. It's the worst thing. I'd rather, honestly, ooh, what am I going to commit to here? <laughs> I'd rather do a lot of things and live through that again. Oh. It hurt so much that I couldn't walk. I couldn't. I'm sure the botched it, Dr. Penrose. Uh, I think it was Elvis Almond. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I couldn't do anything. Like, in school, like year nine, you know what year nine's like? A stamp on your feet. So oh, I yeah. That's an ideal time for that. Yeah, yeah, so we just, had
1: like a vaccinations, just like right, dead arm days. Yeah.
2: So I didn't want to get that damaged again. So my, I was like, Dad, I'm really bored, but I can't go to school. And I, was like, I wore some of his shoes because like you can't wear tight shoes. He took the see American Pie in the cinema.
1: His thoughts on the film? Oh, it's great, that's one. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as like Eugene Levy. I'm not telling you, mother. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. uh, and then he, he says, uh, Right, we got some serious stuff to talk about. He says, Mr. Anderson. Why is Tom Champa now. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He's a, old man angle. <laughs> <laughs> and he does a sort of lip wobble. <laughs> right, Mr. Anderson. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You carved up my forehead with this piece of crap around my neck. Which, by the way, folks, I know y'all know it. I don't really give a damn about the troops. <laughs> I could care less about those soldiers over in Iraq. And Except for the fact that, obviously, these are just uh, Universal Studios people, aren't they? Yeah, they're not paying makers. customers. They're not... They just, they're just they just there. You know, and they react if someone gets clobbered. they whatever. So... He's slagging off the troops, which is like the cheapest of cheap heat. So they pan the audience. It was like, boo. At this one guy's just like, bleh. I'm like that. He's just like, I'm going to be on camera. Bleh.
3: This is right around the time, if you remember, when Bischoff and Hogan came out before that pay-per-view and bollocked their people in there. Remember that you've taken a ticket to be the cast of a TV show today, so we would like you to react. What they wanted to do was hold up applause and be-signed if they could have got away with it. They couldn't. <laughs> video footage of them basically telling them off, react better. Jeez. React how we
1: want. Uh, and he says, it's all just a boy to get your sympathy uh, for me to make you guys feel and think that I'm a real swell guy. Uh, oh, it's real. It's damn real. And then Angle comes out with the highest waisted trousers I've ever seen him wear. Like, up around his tits, basically. Uh, and Anderson's like, oh, here we go. And uh, Angle gets in. And Angle just gets them through the ropes. It was so bloody by the numbers sometimes in TNA. Angle gets in through the ropes, and you know you have to duck to get through the, the top and middle ropes. He just stands in that same stance like he's got through the ropes, lets Anderson punch him three times, and then goes, Right, my turn, and then just clobbers him, and Ang- Anderson does his ridiculous bumping all over the place, and he, he has to he has to bail out to ringside and uh, Angle goes after him. At which point Anderson chucks a beer in his face, to which Tanae just says, liquid in his face there! <laughs> Uh, and uh, that blinds Angle, and he gets chucked back in the ring. And then Anderson, a bit like, you two will know more about this than I do, uh, a kid tries to take their own coat off and somehow loses their arm in the sleeve. <laughs> That's Anderson trying to take down the uh, straps on the singlet. He's like, it's really odd. this. Bloody hell, you make it look well easy, Kurt. Uh, and eventually he gets there, and he waits, and he does the old angle pose. Angle slams him, drops on his side a little bit, got to be honest. Angle slams him. He's uh, pretty useless man. That's and, uh, pretty much what got in sacks against Randy Orton, that wasn't it? Taz says, uh, well, nothing more dis- disrespectful than getting hit by your own move, also by someone who's just fin- finished making fun of you. Uh, and then my favorite point, I popped at this. Uh, Ang- Anderson removes the ball cap and, oh my God, it's, that's Mr. Anderson. <laughs> uh, and he, he like, like a rubber band, he flicks it at Angle's face. And I think that's the most effective part of the whole thing just just flinging at his face, uh, and then he takes this warrior medal from around Angle's neck. And uh, Tanay, I love Mike Tanay. I will not hear a bad word against him. But my God, he didn't have to half just be like, right, we're going to lead the audience. He goes, oh, my God, not the warrior award. That symbolizes Kurt's relationship with the armed forces. <laughs> Thoughts, Sidge?
2: Oh, man, this, I thought this was pretty bad. The reason why, this is the easiest thing to do. It's why I don't really see it that often. Like, even is careful about passing this one out. It's the easiest thing you can do. Mock your opponent, dress up, because it's, like, it's kind of impossible to do badly. I don't think Mr. Anderson did a very good job of this at all. Maybe Kurt was a little bit... Kurt was low-key, like, pretty... For how much he dove, like, balls deep into comedy, he was actually low-key, like, very protective over about his spot. you think that he got over that when... Nine ninety eight called and he's like, "Oh, it's not nine ninety six anymore. You'll do what we tell you to do." He's always like very protective about his spot and all the rest of it. He even thinks he should have been Corbin, so maybe he wasn't game for some of the ideas. But it's Kurt Angle. He's pretty easy to take the piss out of. Mm. Like Mr. Anderson should have totally hammed this up like a madman with the intensity and going absolutely ballistic like in a
1: uh, a bucket of pills. <laughs> it's just, like right yeah.
2: uh, uh, like, like in his face, like the per- perk angle thing. Like, loads to play with here. And I don't think they played with anything other than the neck.
3: Yeah, uh, too often Anderson or, or Kendi, really, some of the stuff in WWE, he makes it too easy to forget what it was you really, like, very briefly but very passionately fell in love with about him. Yeah, uh, it baritone. It's all he's ever had. <laughs> yeah, it is. Baritone and a catchphrase. So, st- I said this to you when you mentioned Anderson yesterday. Like, I, I remember vividly I thought this guy's the guy but there's more out there now to make you think it was all just a dream mm. it's, it's just not te- like the material's not great but it's not terribly well performed he doesn't like, I'm not a professional wrestler nor am I a professional comic or anything else. he doesn't time the beats very well Like you like peaks all the right points doing about 15 different voices melded <laughs> in one in a way that he didn't while he was in the role you know it, it, it's strange odd performer Mr. Anderson mm. he ate bad on his day, like quite remarkable, but that day was maybe once in two thousand and seven. WrestleMania <laughs> <laughs> twenty three,
1: maybe, maybe that was the one day. Uh, so to conclude, we go to the comment section. Once again, this does not reflect the views myself, the Dadley Boys, or anyone at what culture wrestling. Um, a mixed bag here, I think it's fair to say. Tyler Lowther writes, "Mr. Anderson is the most entertaining person in wrestling today. I see him taking Ric Flair's spot. How's that coming along?
3: Not well. He was another Rock Austin." Pretty L.A. night, wasn't he? He was, i uh, But well,
1: Ric Flair's doing nothing, so maybe he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Doc the Metal Freak, I've got a little game for us to play here, writes, I'm not an Angle fan. I think he's as overhyped in TNA as Goldberg was in WCW. But I don't think I've laughed this hard since... When, uh, what, how many years ago? 12 years ago, Ooh.
2: May Young give birth to a hand. Good guess. Mr. Anderson did
3: the Green Bay Plunge on Hornswoggle off a ladder.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Don't think I've laughed, spelt L-A-F-F-E-D, by the way. Don't think I've laughed this hard since I saw DX parody the Nation of Domination. Classic. Yeah, yeah I should have seen that one coming, shouldn't we? Um, right. Uh, some of them are just people, just uh, bonkers, like a TNA stands in here. Migedro writes... WWF used to squash in the beginning before they beat WCW after a few years. You'll watch bum-bum drops, ballins, and five-knuckle shuffles. We'll take great promos and even greater wrestling any day, thanks. Have fun with Sheamus, Cena, Drew, Batista, Hunter, etc., and all those great brackets, yeah, kiddo, sarcasm, wrestlers. <laughs> I love, it's rare, like, because we see a lot of, you know, uh, uh, Vince Sells and, and fans of AEW. AEW go, sexuals. Yeah, going back <laughs> and forth. But it's, I've not seen one of these in a while. It's nice to see them in, in the wild, so to speak. Oh, my God, they still exist, like. You take Seamus, Cena, Drew, Batista and Hunter. Okay. Like, I'm not saying I'm <laughs> the biggest fan of all of them, but how many combined world titles have they all got?
3: Yeah, it's it's easy to forget that there was people that were zealots for TNA because like TNA never rewarded that amount of thing with AEW at the moment is it's constantly rewarding people's passionate like love for it and loyalty towards it. TNA you'd get about a month and then they'd just do something so TNA but like well I really like
1: this thing but I'm never ever gonna love it. Guys guys look we've got AJ Styles and Christopher Daniels and and now AJ Styles got a baby with some woman or something basically.
3: They are chasing Ric Flair in a wheelchair around the ring. Oh god he's falling in a hole in the middle of the ring.
1: (laughs) Um, these final couple, uh, I I got nothing to Rough Action Wrestling writes, Dane Cook's not that funny. (laughs) I've laughed three times at most while watching Dane Cook. Sorry, what (laughs) video are you watching here? (laughs) Who's Dane Cook? He's like a crap uh, American comedian, like very much sort of like early noughties, just, just the Amy Schumer of his day, basically, I think it's fair to say. Never heard of him. But I like the fact that someone's just like, Dane Cook's not even that funny. <laughs> so what, what video am I watching right now? Uh, but as always, I've saved the best till last, and guess what i found? Filth. Uh, How? Viper Strikers 3 writes, and I'm going to, I know her name, I know what her actual surname is, but I'm going to read this verbatim. Once again, this is not a reflect. They've used myself. Daddy boys, what, I know, what culture wrestling? Uh Qu- quickly remind ourselves, thanks once again to Itay a for suggesting this. You can suggest it on either iTunes by subscribing and leaving a five star review of something short, crap, and resonated, or you can email it to me, adam.wilborn at whatculture.com. Viper Strikers 3, nine years ago. Right, so it's fairly few years after this video's come out. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, love when Anderson did that stuff with Christy Hem. I had a party in my pants. <laughs> <laughs> And Alexandra O'Grand replies. Obviously, now someone said Christy Hemmy. Um, he's, he's felt like he needs to add to this conversation. And I know normally I do the gimmick of like, oh, he's dug a man's cat. You, you're going to have to explain this to me, right? Okay. So, love when Anderson did that stuff with Christy Hem. I had a pie in my pants. <laughs> Alexandra O'Grand writes, That chick makes hell look like the North Pole. What? <laughs> I just <laughs> Like hotter than hell. But that's not the no <laughs> So I just she's that shit cool down hell. What?
2: <laughs> she's literally hotter than hell.
1: Right. The weirdest the weirdest. Oh topic. yeah, yeah,
2: it's absolutely <laughs> deranged. Greatly deranged.
1: <laughs> well, uh let us know if you had a pot in your pants uh, listening to this podcast <laughs> on Twitter at what culture WWE Don't. Oh, yeah, actually don't. Uh, you can follow all three of us and let us know personally. Um, Hamflit, where can people get you on Twitter?
2: Michael Hamflit.
1: <laughs> you can follow Michael Sidgwick at...
2: M Sidgwick. Follow me
1: at Adam Wilmore. Follow us all at what Culture WWE, and make sure you subscribe to what Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. We'll be back later with the NXT O preview. My thanks to the Dudley boys. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you soon.